We've been battling and battling and battling these demonic powers. And in the name of Jesus, spirit of infirmity, I rebuke you. Spirit of alcoholism, get off my son. Spirit of drug abuse, get off my daughter. And in the name of Jesus, I command you, let go, deaf and dumb spirit. We've been battling and battling and battling, and these spirits are staying there. Welcome to the Healing Your Soul podcast with Katie Souza. This program is designed for those eager for the supernatural to flow in their lives, as well as to have a healthy soul. Would you join Katie as she shares from scripture and experience the critical importance of a well soul? We've got a great new episode planned for you, so let's dive into today's show. So I remember when I was doing this study and God was showing me this revelation, I was like, well, show me where that is in the Bible. Where, where a strong man got bound and then the spirits underneath him in his house got bound too, easily, just, just like that. And the Lord said, read the story of David and Goliath. I was like, okay. So let's go to that story right now in 1 Samuel 17. And I saw proof of what Jesus was saying in Matthew 17, that if you bind the strong man, then you can thoroughly ransack his house. In this story are the keys to that scripture. It's the perfect example of that scripture. Now it says in the beginning of this chapter that the Philistines' army had gathered for battle, and so had the Israelite army. They were actually in this valley. They were, one army was on one side, and the other army was on the other side. And they all were lined up, it said, in battle array, but they weren't fighting each other. Why? Because they had chosen a champion a strong man to represent each army, okay? David ended up, in, ended up to be Israel's champion, and Goliath was the Philistines' champion. Now, in this story, Goliath gives us one statement that gives us the keys about binding the strong men and then seeing the house ransacked easily. In verse 9 of chapter 17, the scripture says that Goliath would come forward day and night to fight the Israelites. And he would always say the same thing. Listen to what he said. Choose you a man from amongst yourself and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we, meaning me and my army, will just submit to you. See that? See, the Philistine army has Goliath fighting for them. Goliath is their strong man. And in the above verse, he admits that if he's defeated, then not only will he surrender to the Israelite army, but his army underneath him will surrender. Wow. And that's exactly what happened, okay? So David comes out, right? And the scripture says this in verse 49. It says that David took out a stone and he slung it. And it struck the Philistine, sinking into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. Okay, so David kills Goliath with a stone. He's dead. Says he prevailed over him with a sling and a stone. He is dead. Okay, but even though he's dead, David does something very strange. He still runs up to Goliath, takes Goliath's sword, and cuts off Goliath's head. Why does he do that? He did it right there in front of the Philistine army. He's already dead. Why does he do that? Because the removal of the head symbolizes the removal of headship. 
And what does it say next? It says, when David cut off Goliath's head, then the Bible says, very next verse, when the Philistines saw that their mighty champion was dead, they fled. They didn't raise up and fight and battle and, and contend. No, they did exactly what Goliath said they would do. Once he, the strong man, was taken out, they submitted to Israel. Without a fight. Without a fight. Without a fight. Without a fight. We've been battling and battling and battling these demonic powers. And in the name of Jesus, spirit of infirmity, I rebuke you. Spirit of alcoholism, get off my son. Spirit of drug abuse, get off my daughter. And in the name of Jesus, I command you, let go, deaf and dumb spirit. We've been battling and battling and battling, and these spirits are staying there. Why? Because of two main reasons. One, they have a legal right in the soul. And two, you haven't bound their strong man yet. It's true. You're going to learn who these despots are, and you're going to learn how to defeat them. And your warfare is going to go from zero to Mach 10 overnight. <laughs> did you know that Jesus did what he said? He did what he told us to do. He told us if we want to thoroughly ransack the strong man's house, we got to first bind the strong man. Well, Jesus did it. That's how he knew it was true. Jesus bound the strong men. He battled and defeated the kings in the desert before he started his public ministry. And that's why from that point of the desert encounter on, as he walked out his earthly ministry, he had such an easy time defeating every single spirit that came in front of him. They all had to bow the knee to him. Because why? He had already bound the strong men, and now he was ransacking their house. We're going to take a look at that right now. And I want you to know that as we look at this story of Jesus binding the strong man, that Jesus did it while he was a man. Just so that you'll know that you can do it. As a man. What does it say in Philippians 2.7? It says that Jesus stripped himself of all privilege and rightful dignity as to assume the guise of a servant, of a slave, and that he became like men and was born a human being. See, Jesus came to earth as a man. He temporarily set aside his deity, his rights for deity. And he came to earth a man. As you read the scriptures, you see Jesus got tired like a man. He got hungry like a man. He got thirsty like a man. What does Jesus himself say twice in John 5? I can do nothing from myself but only as I'm led by the Father. Jesus did everything on, here on earth as a man. A man without sin, but a man. And when he did it like that, he was showing it. He was showing us what we can accomplish when we don't, when we have no sin in our life, when we, when we don't, when we repent of our sin, when we get cleansed quickly of our sin, when we, we, when we try to stay holy and blameless before the Lord, we can accomplish everything Jesus can accomplish. Remember, He said, "Even greater things than these would you do." Amen? Jesus came to earth like a man. Now, let me ask you a question. The Bible says that Jesus made a public spectacle of the enemy at the cross, right? So it was at the cross that Jesus dealt that final blow to the enemy, right? Well, how come if Jesus did that at the cross, how come he was here on earth as a man and before the cross he had total dominion over the enemy? 
You ever asked yourself that question? Everybody said it's because he was the son of God. No, I just said that. He came to earth as a man. He did that on purpose because the son of God could snap his fingers and wipe out every demon in the planet in an instant. But Jesus didn't do that. He didn't come here as the son of God. He came here as a man. Because he wanted to show us we could do whatever he did. Now, before the cross, as a man, Jesus has total dominion over every demon, huh? Do you ever see a demon be able to fight back? Do you ever see a demon that Jesus couldn't cast out? Every single one of them bowed the knee. Why? How did he do it? He did it like David and Goliath. He did it like he told us to do it. He said, if you want to thoroughly ransack the strong man's house, you got to first bind the strong man. He bound the strong man, and then he was able to thoroughly ransack their houses. He understood what Paul said in Ephesians 6, 12, that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against despots which are kings, and the powers and master spirits underneath them in their kingdoms. He got that. So he knew that he needed to bind the kings first before he started his public ministry because they were the strong men. And if he bound them first before his public ministry, then when he went out to minister to people, he could easily ransack their house. So where did he do it? He did it in the desert. Let's look at the story. Luke 4 says this. That the devil took Jesus, quote, up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and their splendor. For it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you'll just worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So here's Satan, and he's telling Jesus, look, if you'll just worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world, all their power and all their authority. What was he talking about? Was he talking about powerful kingdoms, cities like Jerusalem, like Egypt? Is that what he was talking about? No. He was talking about his satanic realm. His kings and their kingdoms that he had in positions of authority all over the world. Now, how do I know that for sure? How do I know that when he offered Jesus all the, quote, kingdoms of the world, it was actually those despot tyrant kings that Ephesians 6.12 talks about? Because listen to the scripture again. It says, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against despots, powers, and master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness world rulers what did satan say i'm going to give you all the kingdoms of the world did you hear what i said he was offering the world rulers that are over all the kingdoms of the world remember we wrestle not with flesh and blood but against despots powers and master spirits he wasn't offering him kings in the natural he was offering him the powers that control those kings And the mass and the and, and the and the spirits underneath him in their kingdoms. That's what Satan was offering Jesus. All the kingdoms of the world, all the kings that he had all over the world that were ruling, trying to rule over mankind. Amen. Now I believe at that moment Jesus took what Satan offered him without worshiping Satan. He just took it. I believe he took the kings that Satan offered to him. Now I'll tell you why I think that. 
Because remember what Jesus said in Matthew 17, that if you want to thoroughly ransack the strong man's house, you got to first bind the strong man. I believe right then Jesus bound the strong man. He took dominion over the kings that Satan offered him. And you know why I believe it? Because from that point on, he goes into his public ministry, and what does he do? Every single demon that he comes up against has to submit to him, doesn't he? Remember, he's a man. He came as a man. He temporarily set aside all his, his rights of, of deity, but he goes out, and here's this man, Jesus, and every single demon he runs into has to submit to him. Why? Because what does it say? If you want to thoroughly ransack the strong man's house, you got to first bind the strong man. He obviously already bound the strong man because now all he's doing is ransacking, ransacking, ransacking. He's taking out the deaf spirit. He's taking out the dumb spirit. He's taking out the spirit of infirmity. He's taking out the unclean spirit. He's taking them all out. He's ransacking and ransacking and ransacking the house because he'd already bound the strong man. You're going to start ransacking. Because you're going to take out the strong man. See? You're going to get so healed of your soul, of everything that's in common with the strong man, that they're not going to have any power over you. And then you're going to ransack and ransack and ransack and ransack and ransack and ransack and ransack. Now, how did he do it? You know, you know, Jesus is there and Satan says to him, you know, if you worship me, I'll give you those kings. But obviously Jesus didn't worship him, so I will not worship you. So how did he just take the dominion over those strong men? How did he do it? Well, how do you take dominion over a strong man? What does the word strong man mean? That you must have strength of soul to resist the attacks of Satan, right? So when you are strong in your soul, when you're healed in your soul, when the wounds are being healed, then you will be able to bind the strong man. Now remember, Jesus came as a man, but he's a man without sin. So he's standing there, a man without sin, and it's sin that wounds the soul. So do you think there was any wounds in Jesus' soul when he was standing there in the desert? So right there, Jesus is telling you how you're going to do this, take the strong man out. He took those strong men out, all right? By just being healed in his soul, by having his soul have no wound inside of it. That's how he took dominion over them. Do you remember what he says in John 14? He says, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me that's in common with him, so he has no power over me. Satan is standing right there trying to get Jesus to worship him so that he can take power of his kings. He can take possession of his kings. And Jesus is like, I don't need to worship you. I don't have anything in common with you. So you have no power over me. Just give me those kings right now. They're already mine. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. And I'm not trying to say that arrogantly. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say that arrogantly. I am trying to say, look, if Jesus did it that way, that's the way we're going to do it, eh? We're going to be able to look Satan and his king straight in the eye and say, look, I have nothing in common with you, so you have no power over me. 
I'm strong in soul, so I can bind the strong men. I have no darkness in my soul, so you can't rule over me. You're the world rulers of this present darkness. No darkness in here, babe. I'm healed in my soul. Amen? People say, you know, they come to me and say, well, if this thing about the kings is right, then how come you never see Jesus binding or rebuking a king? You don't see him doing that once. He already did it in the desert. You don't need to do it again. Once you bind the strong man, then you just ransack, ransack, ransack. Amen? Jesus, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I love what it says in Luke 4.14. What does it say about Jesus when he comes out of the desert? It says, and Jesus returned in the power, the dunamis of the spirit. It's telling you exactly what I've been saying to you. Jesus was so full of dunamis power when he was in the desert. He was excellent as soul, baby. There ain't no strong man that could touch him. No demon, no Satan, no nothing, nothing in common. He came out of the desert in the power, the dunamis of the Holy Spirit. Right there tells you what I've been trying to say, man. He was excellent of soul, babe. And that's how he took out Satan and his kings. Can you all say hallelujah? hallelujah. Put your hand on your belly. Amen. Say, Lord Jesus. I apply your blood. Your cross is making a public spectacle of Satan and all his despots. I am going to have dominion over every strong man because my soul is becoming strong. The blood is washing away every sin I have in common with any demonic king. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I decreed I'm being washed of every sin, me and my ancestors, all the way back, all the way back, going deep back in time. I'm getting healed of those sins. I'm being washed by the blood. The cross is making a public spectacle of every despot. Right now, in Jesus' name, I decree it. I'm getting more healed, more healed, more healed every moment. The power of the cross is being released now, making a public spectacle of the enemy. I decree it, and I believe it, and I receive it right now in Jesus' name. Now, just start repenting, start forgiving, repenting for your sin, repenting for ancestors' sin. Let Holy Spirit show you something. If there's something specific that you need to deal with, let Holy Spirit tell you right now. Okay, now everybody say amen. Now we're not going to stop there, are we? we got one more step, don't we? Okay, when you're baptized into Christ, you went down in death with Him at the cross, but you came up to Him in new life at the resurrection. Amen? Put your hand on your belly. Just say, I have new life. Because of the resurrection. I already have dunamis power, and it's filling me now. It's healing every wound I have in common with despots, powers, and master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness. I don't have any darkness. They can't rule over me. I'm being healed by dunamis. 
I'm excellent of soul. Every wound is being filled up with this power from the resurrection. I'm being healed. I'm becoming strong in soul. Strong in soul. I'm gonna bind the strong man. Come on, say I'm gonna bind the strong man. Becoming strong in soul. Keep on decreeing it. You're excellent of soul. You're strong in soul. You're filled with dunamis. Keep on praying. We're gonna go deep. I command that it would go deep back through time to the places where you were wounded, even for generations past. Your ancestors, in the name of Jesus, right now. Right now. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at katiesouza.com or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. God bless.